This morning, God's Word comes to us from the Gospel of John, chapter 16. John, chapter 16. We're going to begin our reading at the second half of verse 4 and then read through verse 15. John 16, beginning in verse 4. What we hear now is God's Word. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now... I am going to him who sent me. And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go... I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you to turn to the back of the Trinity Psalter to page 880 in the back section. Page 880. This is Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 20. And we discussed this morning the Holy Spirit. Perhaps you would have guessed that by the songs that we sang. I'm going to read question and answer 53. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? The answer, first, that the Spirit with the Father and the Son is eternal God. Second, that he is given also to me so that through true faith he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits, comforts me, and will remain with me forever. Well, children, sometimes I think, wouldn't it have been great to live when Jesus lived? Wouldn't it have been great uh, maybe to be Jesus' next-door neighbor and you would go out in the backyard and, and play together? Wouldn't it have been great as Jesus grew and began his ministry to have been there, 
to see the miracles that he did, to see him feeding the crowds, to see him healing the sick, to see him raising the dead. Wouldn't it have been great to live when Jesus lived? And then I think, wouldn't it be great if Jesus was still here now and we could still go to see him? He had come to earth, taken on our flesh. He had died on the cross. He rose from the grave. His work was finished. He could have chosen to stay here on earth and not gone back to heaven. We could have gone to him right now with the various theological questions that we have. Well, let's just go ask Jesus. He'll give us the answer. We could perhaps have, have heard him preach in, in large venues. He would have gone to Dodger Stadium and preached to the multitudes. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus was still here now? And we could go and talk to him, and we could go and see him. When I begin to, to think like that, I remind myself I'm thinking about what I would want, what I would like. What would be good for me? And in many ways, that's how the disciples in the Gospel of John were thinking. Jesus is telling them he is going to go away, but their thoughts were not of him. Their thoughts were, first of all, of themselves. He says in verse 5, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? They were concerned with their own desires, their own sorrow. But Jesus, he is concerned about them. He is concerned about them and the fact that he is leaving. And so he says to them in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. It is good that Jesus left. It is good Jesus is gone now. He tells them, I'm leaving. I'm going back to the one who sent me, but I am doing that also for your good. Because, he says, it is to your advantage I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus had promised them there would be a helper who would come, but that helper would only come if he left, if he went back to heaven. Jesus says, it is good for you that I am leaving. And he talks particularly about the work that that comforter will do, that, uh, that helper will do. Verse 8, when he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. This helper, sometimes called a comforter, sometimes called an advocate, sometimes called a counselor, this counselor, this helper, this comforter will come and it will be good for the world and it will be good for the church. And in John 16, Jesus spells out why it will be good for the world 
that this advocate, this helper, this counselor will come because he's going to convict the world about three different things. Convict them concerning sin and concerning righteousness and concerning judgment. And he goes on to explain that to them. Jesus, it is good he's gone. Good, first of all, for the world. Because I will send this helper, I will send this advocate, verse 9, he will convict the world concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit, the counselor, the helper, the comforter, the advocate. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. They did not believe the message that Jesus brought. And yet the Holy Spirit comes to convict those in the world of sin. And we recognize that. No one likes to have their sin brought up to them. We don't want to acknowledge our sin. We don't want to confess our sin, as we read earlier. But if we do that, we have no place with God. We deceive ourselves if we say we have not sinned. And if we continue in that deception, if we continue to refuse to recognize the serious nature of our sin, without the Holy Spirit coming to convict us, there is no salvation. If our sin is not that bad, if our sin is only a a small character flaw, if if it is not a sin unto death, then we have no need for a Savior. And if we have no need for a Savior, there is no salvation. The world would be lost forever if Jesus had not left and if he would not send that helper who would come and convict the world of their sin. They did not believe the message Jesus brought, but he would come and convict their hearts. It is good that Jesus is gone. Because the the Holy Spirit comes to show us the truth. He reveals the darkness of our hearts. He reveals the sin which remains in our hearts. He reveals to us those sins that, that we enjoy doing, that we don't want to confess. Those sins we cover up as, oh, I, I can get away with that yet. But Jesus left and sent the Helper, sent the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. And that's what God continues to do today through the power of the Holy Spirit. He continues to come to us today and, and, and this morning, if you are convicted, convicted of your sin, don't cover it up. Don't ignore it. Don't excuse it. That's the work of God through His Spirit convicting us of sin that we might be brought into fellowship with him. God calls today. If you find yourself under conviction, then be freed from that by turning to Jesus Christ. Know the truth of who he is. Know the truth of what he did. Yes, he's not here anymore, but it's good. It's for our good that he left. He will... Convict the world concerning sin, because they do not believe me. 
Secondly, he will convict the world concerning righteousness because I go to the Father. What is this conviction of righteousness related to Jesus leaving and going to the Father? Jesus returning to the Father would be a vindication of his righteousness. When we studied earlier in the Catechism about the nature of Jesus' suffering and his death on the cross, that he didn't die any other way, he was crucified. And we talked about how crucifixion was a statement of curse. Curse against the one being killed. He had no place here on earth, and God would not receive him into heaven. This one was under the curse of God. And Jesus died that way on the cross. And yet he says, I'm going back to the one who sent me. This would be a vindication of his righteousness. The Spirit would convict that Jesus Christ was righteous, was the Son of God, and everything he said was true. That, that although he died a cursed death, that death was for us. It was our sin, it was our shortcoming, it was our iniquity that he was bearing on that cursed cross. And he is now vindicated as completely righteous, totally perfect. This is our encouragement, this is our hope in this life. It's good Jesus is gone because the helper now convicts us of his righteousness. And that righteousness of Jesus Christ was not only his, but is mine as well as I am found in him. My sin is removed by the death of Christ. And his perfect righteousness is now granted and credited to me. Because he left, because he sent the Spirit to convict me of that righteousness. When God looks at me now, when God looks at you, he doesn't see all the sin we have committed but he sees the perfect righteousness of Christ, and the Spirit convicts us of that truth. Oh, we look at ourselves and we say, I'm still so fallen, I'm still so weak, but we believe the truth that the Spirit brings through the Word. Christ's righteousness credited to us. It's good Jesus is gone because he sent the Holy Spirit. He will come and convict the world concerning sin, because they do not believe me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Spirit reminds us of God's judgment upon Satan, that he now stands condemned before God. We sometimes look at what is going on around us and we say, oh, it seems like the devil is having free reign everywhere. But, but the Spirit comes to remind us he was defeated by Jesus Christ on the cross. We have not seen his complete and final destruction yet, but he has been defeated. Sometimes described this way. The devil is like a dog on a short leash 
He still has some free reign, but he can only go as far as the leash allows him. The devil has been defeated. Jesus Christ has won. And when we think, looking at the world around us, I don't know how we're ever going to move forward. What about the future? What about what's going to happen? We can be sure he has been defeated. He's on a very short leash, and there will be that final day when he is cast into the pit. If we are found in Jesus Christ, we know that assurance, that comfort, because he has left, and he's given us his spirit. The spirit comes to to convince us, to convict us of the truth. It's good. It's good that Jesus is gone. For when that spirit comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. It is a blessing also for us. It's a blessing for us who have found ourselves under the conviction of that sin, recognizing Christ's righteousness. It's a blessing for us as a church that Jesus is God. And our confession speaks of that. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, that the Spirit with the Father and Son is eternal God. Second, He is given also to me. So that true faith, he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits. He comforts me and will remain with me forever. The Spirit has been given to the church. If Jesus had remained on earth, he would still be physical. We've talked a couple times how the incarnation was a permanent state. Now, after the resurrection, he had a glorified body, but he was still bodily. He could only be at one place at one time. Now, we read from Scripture, he could move very quickly from one to the other, but he would only be at one place at one time. And so if you wanted to hear Jesus speak, you'd have to go someplace particular. But he's gone. And the Spirit, the Spirit which he sends, is now everywhere. We didn't have to go a particular place. He has been given to me personally. The Spirit dwells within His people. It is good Jesus is gone because the Spirit has been given. And because, because He dwells in me personally, I now share in Christ and all His blessings. I like how the Catechism puts this. I share in Christ and all His blessings. Our first sharing is in Christ. I want to share simply in the blessings. I want the blessings and benefits of belonging to Christ, even without recognizing Him as the Christ, as the ruler, as the Lord. But the Spirit works in our hearts that we share in Christ, in who He is and who, what, in what He has done. We recognize His rule in our lives. We recognize him as the king who directs us, who leads us, who guides us. We share in his life. We share in his death. And we share in his glorious resurrection. The Spirit makes me share in Christ. Of course, to share in Christ is also to share 
in the trials of Christ. We talked about how his life was not an easy life. It was a life of suffering throughout his entire life, particularly at the end, but throughout his entire life. Jesus Christ suffered. At the beginning of this chapter, chapter 16, he says this to the disciples, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. To share in Christ is to share in all of Christ. His sufferings and the reminder that confession gives us and his blessings the blessing of belonging to him. Yes, his life was a life of suffering, but he rose again from the dead and he lives now with his Father in heaven. We share in that as well. We share in the glorious blessing of knowing him as our Lord and Savior and knowing that he will come again to gather all his people to himself. The spirit given to us to share in Christ and all of his blessings and that spirit comforts us. He, we've, I've mentioned earlier he, he's called a comforter, he's called a counselor, he gives us comfort, he gives us assurance. How does he do that? Look at verse 12. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. How does the Spirit come for it? The Spirit comforts through the word of Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I have more to say to you, but you can't take it in all right now. But when the Spirit comes, I'm going to leave. When the Spirit comes, he will guide you into that truth. The truth of my word. He will take that word and as his tool, comfort and encourage and assure. The, the Spirit is the one who applies the word to our heart. Maybe when we're going through difficult times, Suddenly, a text comes to us, and it, it comes in a new uh, vitality, and we say, now I understand. Uh, I think of a psalm like Psalm 84. When I pass through the valley of Baca, the valley of weeping, you make it a, a place of springs. And we go through trial, and we see God's faithfulness. And even in the trial, he allows our hearts to be lifted, and we say, now I get it. Now I get what that text is talking about. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Not giving new revelation. Revealing the word of Christ. Revealing the word of God and applying it to our hearts and to our lives. He does not call attention to himself. He calls attention to the word of Christ. Look what he says here. Verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Spirit doesn't call attention to himself. The Spirit calls attention to Jesus Christ and his word. And we think of that even in the Pentecost event. 
The Pentecost event recorded for us in Acts chapter 2. Yes, we have the record of the, the wind, and we have the record of the tongues of fire, but what is most of Acts chapter 2 about? It's a sermon. It's preaching about what God has done in the past, how he brought his son Jesus Christ, and a call to faith and repentance. The Spirit points to Christ. The Spirit uses that word and applies it to our hearts and changes our hearts. We have to recognize that in our worship. There are some churches that will talk about being Spirit-filled because they have all types of dramatic things going on. But there's very little preaching of the Word. The Spirit doesn't call attention to Himself. He calls attention to Christ which is why we spend so much time uh, listening to God's Word as we gather for worship. This is where the Spirit speaks. This is where He works. This is His tool to change our hearts, to change our lives, to comfort us. He takes that, that Word and applies it to our hearts and lives. We don't have to go someplace else to look for other comforters. The Spirit takes the Word of God and comforts and assures us through it. He is the one who's been given to me personally to share in Christ. He comforts me, and he will remain with me forever. Jesus left the glories of heaven. He became incarnate here on earth. He lived for about 33 years or so, spending time with his disciples, spending time with the crowds, spending time by himself, and then he returned to heaven. He ascended once again. And we celebrate the ascension. We talk about the ascension. The Holy Spirit comes, and He remains forever. There is no ascension day for the Holy Spirit. He continues to be with God's people. He is here now, and He will remain with us forever. This assurance, this comfort, this sharing in Christ will not leave. Yes, Jesus left, but it was good he left because he sent his spirit to remain forever with his people, to remain with us, to remain with our children and the generations to come. For all who find themselves in Jesus Christ, this assurance, this hope, this comfort will continue through the ages. This is what Jesus means. I will never leave you, never forsake you. And then he leaves, but he sends his spirit. And through his spirit, he is never absent, even for a moment. It's good Jesus isn't here anymore. It's good that he's gone. As much as I might like to see him, talk with him, question him, it's good he has left. Because in his leaving, he sent that spirit to convict the world of sin, to bring them into fellowship with Jesus Christ, to convict them of his righteousness, that even though we still sin, we are seen as righteous in God's sight, and to know that the devil, the devil is under God's judgment already now. It's good for us in the church to know that that the Spirit's been given to us. We share in Christ and all of His blessings. He comforts us. He assures us. He will remain with us. Yes, Jesus is gone. But the Spirit, the Spirit remains here. 
Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we are amazed and we are humbled at your way of dealing with your people. We could desire, O oh God, that Jesus had not left us. We could think that would be better for us, but you know better. No, God, you know best. And because he left, he sent the Holy Spirit to us. We thank you for the benefits that we now enjoy because he is gone. May we, O oh God, rejoice in what you have done for us, that you have convicted us of our sin, you've granted us Christ's righteousness, and you allow us, Lord, to be comforted by you and by your holy word. Make us good students of that word, to know that that is where the Spirit speaks to us, not through the miraculous, not through the, the extraordinary, but through the ordinary ministry of the word. And Lord God, as you have promised, you will, through the Spirit, never leave and never forsake. Thank you for these wonderful blessings we enjoy because Jesus Christ has returned to you. Hear our prayer. In his name we pray. Amen. We turn to number 399 in the Trinity Psalter. Number 399. For your gift of God the Spirit, power to make our lives anew. Pledge of life and hope of glory. Savior, we would worship you. Crowning gift of resurrection sent from your ascended throne. Fullness of the very Godhead. Come to make your life our own. He who in creation's dawning brooded on the lifeless deep still across our nature's darkness moves to wake our souls from sleep. Moves to stir, to draw, to quicken thrusts us through with sense of sin, brings to birth and seals and fills us, saving advocate within. We're going to sing verses 1 and 2 and 4. Verses 1, 2, and 4, number 399. Let's stand together as we sing.
receive the parting blessing of our God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.